body aches at bedtime, Sierra Sil is a natural mineral supplement that supports joint health, calms inflammation, and we're so sure it'll work for you as it has for me and my husband for over 10 years. It has a money-back guarantee. Go to sierrasil.com, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L, and use the code DRIFT for 10% off. Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to DRIFT. This is where we take stories that have been age-old favorites and some that may even be new to you and tell you these tales in hopes that by the time we drift off together with waves at the end, you'll already be asleep. This time, we're taking on a story with a decidedly nasty wolf in it traditionally. But we're going to make this a lovely and gentle retelling of the tale of a girl and her eventful visit to grandma's, just to make sure you do have sweet dreams. There are many versions of Little Red Riding Hood, and I think the two oldest can be traced back to Europe in the 1600s. One of them was penned by the Brothers Grimm whose stories so often were very grim indeed. But I need you to not worry as you snuggle in, all ready for your story. Because I promise, no children, grandmothers, or wolves, for that matter, are harmed in our telling of this story. So before we take our walk into the woods, a thank you to Envy Pillow, who make this podcast possible. I first found Envy Pillow several years ago when I was suffering stress neck pain. Envy Pillow is the only certified organic pillow that you will find infused with copper, antimicrobial and collagen boosting copper. Learn more in the morning at Envy Pillow. That's E N V Y Pillow.com and sleep with the best. Now to get you into a place of total relaxation. And we're going to start by getting you to concentrate on your breath. With a deep inhale, count with me. One, two, three, four, five. And then hold it for a moment. And exhale even more slowly. One, two, three, four, five. Let's do it again, this time making sure that your shoulders are relaxed and you're lying comfortably, covered nice and cozy or uncovered if that works for you, whatever you want. Let's take a big inhale and hold it and exhale. Great. Now, if you're able, I want you to scrunch your toes Now relax them. Tense up your calf muscles. And let them go. Now your thighs tighten and relax. Let's move up to your backside, clenching and then releasing. I'm doing it too. Do you feel the difference? You should start noticing how heavy your legs feel. Now, let's do that with your abs. Clench that tummy. Release your pecs, your chest. 
and up to your shoulders, bringing them up to your ears, and then letting them release down, way down. Clench your fists, then slowly relax and open your hands. Make your arms rigid, then let them go. Now your neck. Oh, do you feel little crackles like I do when you tense your neck? It holds so much during the day. So just let it go. Release. And maybe you just let out a sigh. (laughs) Now to your face. Relax your brow. Your eyelids closing heavily. And your mouth. Just put the tiniest smile on for a minute. Thank yourself for sharing this time just for you, as I thank you too. With one more big inhale and exhale. You are heavy in your bed, completely relaxed and loose. And if you're ready, let's drift. We go back to a beautiful day Late in the gentle month of May, the wild flowers were blooming, and there was not a hint of humidity in the air. Just a light breeze, sunshine, and a few happy clouds, plus the merry song of birds high in the firs and pines of this wooded wonderland. People lived simply in this time and place, in their small timber cottages nestled among the trees, and in the cooler months, wisps of smoke from each home's chimney seemed to whisper that all was well, for truly here it was. In one of a dozen such cottages sparsely dotting the forest lived a mother, a father, and their daughter. They were usually a happy family, these three, but today a cloud of worry had descended upon them, for Mama's own mother, Grandma Betty, was not well. Word had come from a neighbor who had been to visit the elderly woman, and had found her in bed. Now this was not like Betty. Oh, not at all. Despite her advanced age, Betty, not short for Elizabeth, just Betty, was more or less the matriarch of this small and happy village. If anyone did happen to have a problem, it was Grandma Betty to whom they paid a visit. With a cup of tea and a slice of pie, Betty dispensed wisdom and comfort to all who stepped on her porch. In fact, it may well have been because of Betty that this was such a contented corner of the world. As word spread of her feeling poorly, concern grew among her neighbors, and so it was decided that someone should pay her a visit and bring her a little something to make her feel better. Not everyone should visit, of course, for with too many people, Betty would feel badly about not being a good hostess to them all, so that someone who should visit would be her granddaughter, Mira. Mira's mother put together a large soft cloth bag for her to take to Grandma Betty. In it 
she placed some bread, baked just that morning, a jar of peach preserves, and a bundle of rich chocolate fudge. Take these to your grandma's house, dear girl, said Mira's mother. She'll have the herbs and brandy she may need, but these will make sure she has sustenance as well. You may ride your bicycle along the forest paths, but watch for ruts and roots, and don't stay too long and tire out, Grandma. Oh, and wear something warm, honey. The winds can be cool in May. Mira nodded happily and kissed her mother's cheek. She was an obedient daughter. She was kind and loved her family. But Mira loved her grandmother most of all. For Betty had that special gift that only the best grandmothers have. She could make a child feel special, unique, important. So while Mira, perhaps, did not yet fit in to a world of grown-up concerns and conversations, her grandmother would listen to her and discuss ideas, answer questions that were never silly or irrelevant. To her grandmother, she was everything, and that is how Mira felt about her in return. Mira donned her red cape. The garment was short enough that she could safely ride her bike without it catching in her spokes or chain. It kept her warm, and its bright cardinal hue made sure everyone on or near the roads could see her. It was her favorite piece of clothing, and she wore it so often that Mira's nickname was, as I'm sure you've guessed, Little Red Riding Hood. Carefully placing her mother's flower cloth sack into the basket of her bike, Mira was on her way, anxious to see how her dear grandmother was faring. She was never sick, she thought, and then remembered a bug that had been making its way through the village that month. Surely one of her grandmother's many admirers had inadvertently brought it to her, along with their concerns, or a gift basket of eggs. As Mira rode, pedaling hard up and down the gently sloping forest paths, she thought with a smile how these woods were her home. In her eight years, Mira had known only joy in their cool and comfortable embrace. Here she played on pine-cone-strewn ground, letting ants tickle her skin and chipmunks timidly approach her fingers. She would lean against rugged tree trunks and read her favorite books under their verdant boughs, while nibbling from a handful of berries she had picked and placed carefully in the pocket of that cape, which also acted as a blanket on which she could sit during those restful, perfect hours. Mira knew there was nothing in the forest for her to fear, for she had grown to have a special way to communicate with the animals. It seemed that when she talked with them, they would respond to her with their various voices, but she was sure she understood them, and they her. It was quite magical, really. Any creature she had seen or met treated her with the same respect 
but she treated them. After a few more minutes, Mira could spot her grandmother's green mailbox. She knew she was close and sped up just a bit, excited to be able to deliver the goodies that would surely help her to feel better. As Mira turned down the path toward her grandmother's house, she looked to her front porch and noticed something was amiss. No, it wasn't that her grandma wasn't rocking there, awaiting her visit. Mira hadn't expected that today. But it was that her door was slightly ajar. Perhaps Grandma had wanted some of the breeze that was causing the boughs to wave to her in welcome this spring afternoon. Mira also noticed, however, that the curtains were drawn. So unusual for this time of day, she thought. Grandma must truly not be feeling herself. As much of a hurry as she was in to see her grandmother, Mira carefully put her bicycle on its kickstand so as not to jostle the food her mother had so lovingly prepared, and then she climbed off. Straightening her cape and gathering the bag from her basket, Mira walked quickly towards the house, calling, Grandma, Grandma, I'm here. There was no response. She climbed the porch's wooden steps, and then realized perhaps her grandmother was napping. So she lightened her steps and gently pushed open the thick wooden door. The shade of the canopy of trees surrounding her grandmother's house, combined with the fact that the woman's curtains were closed, made the small house very dark indeed. And so it startled Mira when she heard a low growling sound. It was not her grandmother's voice calling for her at all. It was, however, familiar. Slowly, Mira stepped past the threshold and into the house. She put down the bag and untied her cape, leaving both on the floor by the doorway. Squinting through the darkness, she could make out what she thought was her grandmother's figure curled up on the daybed in the living room. Perhaps Grandma decided to lie out here while she convalesced, thought Mira. She stepped nearer and found herself having trouble making out what she thought she saw. Grandma, what big eyes you have, she said. The better to see you with, my dear, responded a voice, deep and quiet. Mira took another small step forward. Grandma, what big ears you have. The better to hear you with, my dear. And then, as she moved even closer, Mira's own eyes opened wide as they adjusted to the darkness. Grandma, what big teeth you have. The better to devour the contents of that bag you've brought, said the voice. Devour? Did that voice just say devour? That was not a word her grandmother would ever use, thought Mira. This was not her grandma at all. With a leap and a swoosh, Mira tore open the living room curtains and sitting there on the daybed, 
curled up on a crocheted blanket, was, could it be, yes, a wolf. Whatever are you doing in here, wolf? asked Mira, who was startled to see this creature where usually would lie her grandmother. I'm hungry. I'm just lying here. Is that not all right? No, y yes, well, I'm not at all sure, she responded with a stammer. For Mira knew that the animals were her friends. But this wolf had not at all respected the rules of the forest. People inside and outside, animals outside, and only inside when invited inside. Had the wolf been invited in? Where is my grandma? she asked the wolf. I have no idea. Probably in her room. With that, Mira turned away from the wolf and opened the door to Grandma's bedroom. Sure enough, there she was, bundled in a comforter, snoring away in her bed. Mira closed the door again quietly. All right, then, she said, relieved to hear her grandmother snoring and reluctant to wake her. She moved over to the daybed and sat down, gently, next to the wolf. What are you doing inside? You don't come inside. This is not your home. I know this, said the wolf. But like your grandmother, I am old. The door was open, perhaps blown by the breeze, and I came inside. I hoped that maybe there might be food and a soft place to rest before I must be on my way. Well, said the girl, it seems you've found both. Let me get you something. I'm sure Grandma won't mind. Retrieving the bag she had dropped on the floor, Mira reached in and pulled out the loaf of her mother's bread. She tore off the end and laid it on the bed near the wolf's front paws. The wolf sniffed <laughs> at the chunk of airy bread, then gulped it down in one bite. You really did devour that, didn't you? She said with a smile. The wolf looked up at her in appreciation and licked its chops. Mira thought for a moment. Then, turning to her grandmother's small icebox, she knelt down and reached in, pulling out this bit of meat and that chunk of cheese, until she found food enough to fill a plate even for a hungry wolf. Laying it down before the wolf, she sat back in her grandmother's rocking chair and smiled as she watched the wolf eat hungrily and with appreciation. When at last the plate had been licked clean, the wolf got up on unsteady legs, jumping down to the floor carefully, preparing to leave. I shall be on my way, it said for I do not wish to overstay my welcome. But I still don't understand why you came inside, said the young girl. It is because I am old, as I said, and I am not well. The other wolves will soon turn me out to survive in the woods on my own, so my time is not long. But to have had this meal 
and been shown your kindness is a memory I will take with me on whatever remains of my journey. So, I thank you. With that, the wolf padded slowly towards the door. Turning its head, it bowed down to Mira before walking through the doorway and off the porch. Mira closed the door behind the wolf and gathered up the plate and the crumbs left behind from the bread she had given to it. As she unpacked the rest of the contents of the cloth bag, she heard the latch of her grandmother's bedroom door. My dear, how lovely it is that you are here, she said, her voice a little weak, but warm nonetheless. Then sitting gently on the daybed, she said, Sit by me here, and let's visit. She patted her hand on the blanket on which the wolf had been sleeping when Mira arrived. The girl noticed when she touched it, it was still warm, and wondered whether or not to tell her grandmother about the other visitor she had had just a little while earlier. No, she thought, I'll wait till she's better. This is a visitor I know we'll want to talk about for years. Would you like some of Mama's peaches, Grandma? she asked. I would, I would, the old woman replied. And why don't you make us both some nice tea? As they sat there together in the afternoon sun, Grandma seemed to be getting healthier with every sip and smile. And once again it seemed that all was right in those gentle woods that day. And with that, I bid you a good night and sweet dreams. <laughs>